0: 1969 a new york jets podcast today is thursday october 27th teddy all hell is breaking loose my name is blake pace alongside teddy pristash we have got a crazy week in jet sports we are going to talk about all of the injuries from the denver game elijah moore has requested a trade since our last episode we've done Uh, we want to talk about joe douglas making a trade for a running back and then of course we will preview a big week coming up against the new england patriots before we get into all of that make sure to follow us on twitter at nyj underscore chasing 69 uh it's same as the youtube channel teddy is at teddy huncho i am at blake andrew pace teddy over in syracuse how are we doing this week are, are you able to mix in the good with the bad of all this or is it just like a man what the fuck
1: yeah well it's interesting because it because it's wednesday now right so we've had a few days to process everything and it, it my my head's in a in a whirlwind it feels like it's really just like what the fuck is going on um and and it's kind of a roller coaster of emotions because obviously the worst news of all was was losing Brees hall to me um as well as elijah vera tucker two really important guys um i i realized like a little bit ago like i think that Brees hall was the best thing in my life at this moment (laughs) I, I think he was just like my favorite thing. Like, like I I've talked about it, but I had him in basically every single one of my fantasy leagues. I just traded for him in a few. Um, I just got this Jersey last week. If you listened last week, you know, I was really excited about wearing the Jersey I'm wearing it today out of respect. Um, I don't know. He, he was really like the best thing in my life. I was very happy (laughs) to just live my life every day, knowing that the jets were five and two and we had a great running back and, and I had a dominant force and, he looked like one of the best players in the league, you know, and then just very, very quickly. I mean, what is it? Week eight we're going into and uh, you know, Brees is out for the year and, and I'm definitely super, super sad. Like I, I drove home after the game, I was with my parents and I was just like, God, I'm so sad. Um, so that's kind of where I'm at. I mean, yeah. all this other stuff, I, it's fine. You know, we'll, we'll get through it, but, but losing Brees Hall, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty down in the dumps. I hear
0: you talking about how happy Brees Hall has made you the last few weeks, and I just picture Hannah in the other room being like, "Hey, what the fuck? What? What about yeah. me? And we 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 live together." I know, we right?
1: Rotate. Well, we are at the point where like she knows his name, you know. Okay, and, like, that's knows it. that I care a lot. That's fantastic. You know the other name that she knows, Elijah Moore. <laughs> you know the other jersey that I own, other than Zach Wilson, Elijah Moore. I really didn't think I had a jersey thing, but I mean, I'm I'm over two or. Two for three on bad, bad things happening to guys I, whose jerseys I have. I haven't bought
0: a jersey in a bit, but when I did, I had a really bad run. Mello on the Nuggets traded to the Knicks. Of course, I was happy about that one because I was like, oh, I'll just be a right. Knicks fan. But Peyton yeah. Manning, uh,
1: Andrew Luck. Um, yeah, geez, that's a tough I've one. Had,
0: I've had some bad You got a Matt Ryan some... jersey? No, I did not, thankfully. All right. I, I'll get a <laughs> Sam Ellinger one. Now. Yeah. I'll get a Sam yeah. Ellinger one after this week, after we uh, we beat the Commanders. Uh, But no, Teddy, I mean, you're right. It's one of those things where it's like you want to be so happy about where this team is at, Um, you know, rattling off this great win streak. Of course, uh, you know, you go into Denver and you're not playing the the best team out there. They're really good defense. Um, They're missing their starting quarterback. They're missing one of their best offensive pieces and Javante Williams, all things considered a win is a win. We've said this for weeks now. They've had a few of these games where it's like, Hey, look, I'm not going to complain about winning games. If, 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 you know, the starting quarterback isn't out there, if the team isn't that great. So At the end of the day, it's one of those where it's like, I want to be happy about the win. But at the same time, we just lost the two most important pieces of our offense right now. And, you know, Brees Hall became the focal point of this offense over the last few weeks, you know, uh, going into um, over his last three games, averaging 6.8 yards per uh, attempt over 130 all-purpose yards in each of those three games too he obviously goes down had a a brilliant play a great fantastic run oh my god before he got injured too so it's like you're seeing these highlight plays you're seeing this emergence of this young star where it's like it took him a few weeks to get going and there he is um and, and he really became like we were saying the centerpiece of this offense and now you lose him avt all that he did for you guys this year, uh, you know, moving from position to position and and just holding up as best he could at all of those to lose him for the season two, which is now, you know, the laundry list of injuries along the offensive line. It's crazy. The team is still finding ways to win with all this. You've had Megai Becton out for the season, ABT now out for the year. George Fan has missed four games. Max Mitchell has missed three. Both of those guys expected to miss some more. You also are missing Dwayne Brown for a good part of the start of the season as well, too. So you're just like, you know, and it's funny because the big stories this year are the New York Jets and the New York Giants and both of them. It's like, how are these teams winning games here? And I'm looking over at the Jets. I'm saying, I really don't understand how this team is able to overcome all these punches that they're being thrown their way, missing all of these guys and important pieces. You start the season without your quarterback, the user, you know, lose a couple of tackles. Uh, The defense has obviously been a huge uh, part for them as well too. And then these offensive playmakers really stepping up, but yeah, uh, abt it's there's there's no way to to paint it It, it's it just it sucks because this is the the ascension here you know we're sitting here as a a a great record for the jets this season a great start to the season when we thought again and again that the first eight weeks were going to be brutal for this team um they 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 overcame just about every obstacle they face and and yet this one seems to be one where it's just like man it's going to be tough to overcome both of those injuries it really is
1: yeah and it's uh... For, for AVT specifically when you look at kind of what's what's been going well for the jets over the past you know 3 or 4 weeks has really been um the offensive line ability to really say like hey we're going to get these same five guys out there week after week after week yeah. and and you really did see the improvement i mean you saw even kind of just from Brees's play you saw kind of go up right with the offensive line and just their ability to kind of make some things happen in the run game, like give Zach some, some time in the pocket, like just consist consistently we're getting better and consistently we're having like, okay, we're confident with these five guys to lose, not only just another piece, but the best piece, you know, a guy that we and me specifically was really touting as a pro bowler. Um, you know, it hurts. And then you look at Brees Hall again, and it's just the jets really had established, an identity over these past few weeks and and you know the beginning of the year with Flacco we were getting down um playing kind of different types of teams and we were throwing the ball a lot and then as Zach Wilson came back we were really able to get it going on the ground really able to just get that identity of hey like we have one of the best players one of the best running backs in the league we're just going to keep giving him the ball because at any moment he could bust one for 60 yards and then you know, with him going down for the year, it's just you lose that piece of your offense of we have a bona fide star in the league. I mean, I I don't hesitate to say that about Brees Hall already. I really don't. I mean, to me, it was clear what he was able to do when he got the ball in his hands, even through the first couple of games where he wasn't getting as many opportunities, he was still having phenomenal games, you know? So um, I think that's where it hurts the most is like this really was the Jets the past few weeks. And it was how we were winning games. And then the question becomes, you know, how is Michael Carter and Ty Johnson going to going to handle this? And I guess that brings us to the move where they go ahead and they trade for James Robinson. And and that kind of has me like, okay, well, maybe we can get something. Um, So I guess just going off of that, I'd love to hear your James Robinson opinions because I really don't know them. We don't talk about James Robinson a lot. Yeah, no, we're not a James (laughs) Robinson
0: podcast necessarily. No, No, I mean, you know, obviously the crazy story comes in as a, he was an undrafted free agent, I believe, a couple years ago and came onto the scene and, uh, you know, he was getting some buzz in training camp. And then he was one of those guys where he was a waiver one or a week one waiver pickup in, in fantasy. And then he went on to, I think, had a thousand yards in his rookie season with the Jaguars. Rookie of the year. Same same kind of, of player that's a good fit for this offense, where he's got great one cut ability, the difference being between him and Brees is I, I just he doesn't really have the top end speed or the breakaway speed. and And I wouldn't say his vision is all that great comparatively as well, too. But for the options that were out there, I mean, to be able to exchange what was a six-round pick that can turn into a fifth-round pick, I believe, to go Correct. and get a, a running back like that to then pair with these other guys on the roster as well, too. It's not like we're just bringing him in to just, hey, go be Brees Hall. It's like, no, we're going to give more touches to Michael Carter. We're going to give some of the guys on the backside of the depth chart as well to an opportunity in there. They're essentially... Now pivoting to this point where, you know, I kind of looked at what the run game had been. It it reminded me a lot of Atlanta with Devonta Freeman and Tevin Coleman back in the Kyle Shanahan era back there with Lafleur. Now it resembles a little bit more of the 2019 49ers where they had three guys as well, too. And I'll just pull up the numbers to kind of go through them. Yeah, the, you know, the top three leading rushers that year was Raheem Mostert, 772 yards, Matt Breida, 623, and then Tevin Coleman, 544. So it was really just a three-headed monster of just like, look, we may not have an elite talent at running back, but we've got three guys that are good fits for the scheme. We have a good offensive line. Hopefully, you know, we don't lose too much with ABT being gone now. I, I've loved what we've started to see from the left side of the offensive line with with Dwayne Brown and and um, Lakin Tomlinson has played a lot better the last month or so now. So hopefully those three can kind of form what they had over in San Francisco a few years back where, no, you don't have this this top end talent that is, you know, getting all these signature breakaway touchdown plays, but we can systematically move down the field with, a, you know, feeding two or three miles at a time.
1: Yeah, and and I think the um the 2019 49ers, I mean, that's like what we seem to always be talking about with this Jets team since they yeah. got Salah, but yeah. but it's a super, super good point because I think kind of what this is gonna be, um it, it's really gonna be kind of an indication of of is the was a lot of obviously Brees is a great player, we know it, but the questions still remain like is this scheme facilitating that, you know, or do we have that kind of uh, San Francisco East team where, where we're going to get this run game going and, and we're going to have the ability to do it with kind of just the guys, as opposed to, um, you know, great star running backs because the NFL has proven that sometimes you can get it done with just the guys, you know? Um, So, so I do think that's interesting and it'll be fun to see how we do, um how we're able to run the ball you know we got another great defense coming up with the with the Patriots got another great defense with the Bills um so we'll see how we're able to move the ball what I do want to say about James Robinson obviously coming off the Achilles injury um I was very much a a Travis Etn guy going into this year I was kind of just like oh James Robinson you know he's coming off the Achilles he's probably not gonna be super involved and he really did surprise me you know I do think he's played pretty well I think he's averaging 4.6 yards a carry or something like that so far over four definitely um and what I do like about it I mean I kind of talked about what we lost with Brees Hall was kind of that home run ability sure James Robinson doesn't have the breakaway speed the same way that that uh breeze does but he does kind of have that big playability like he's shown that in jacksonville multiple times this year where he can just get the ball and like you said one cut and just kind of take it Mm -hmm. to the house um so i do kind of love that they went and added a piece like that when the when the deal first happened and you know blake and i are are getting ready for the podcast obviously in our heads and and we were texting about about what we thought about the trade like Do we think they'll address it? Will they sign someone off the street? Will they um, trade for someone? And we both kind of agreed like anyone you're going to get probably won't be better than Ty Johnson. So it's not really like it's a huge need, but then when they went out there and got a guy like James Robinson, who I guess I didn't really think about at the time, I was kind of like, Oh, all right. Like we're giving up a low pick six, maybe a fifth. And you're getting a guy who's going to be able to, you know, at least fulfill some of what we lost. And I guess the number one thing it tells me and what I love, especially just being a Jets fan, is regardless of, you know, where the media or where we stand with this Jets team, you know, I, we think may, they can probably make the playoffs. Obviously, they're a long way from being a true Super Bowl contender, or whatever. They're, the Joe Douglas and the Jets are telling us like we do not want to take the foot off the gas at all. Like we want to continue to win games, and we don't want to be sitting there with with a stagnant offense because one of our best players got injured, and then all of a sudden, okay, the Jets can't run the ball. We're relying on Zach too much and we kind of fall back into the old ways. I think this really does show like, hey, we're going for it. Like, we're not going to sit on our asses and just say, all right, like, we'll take it. You know, he'll be back next year, whatever. This is like, we want to continue to win now. And and I think that's like what I like the most about the deal.
0: Yeah. And when you look across the league right now, why wouldn't you, if you're in this position with the Jets where you've gotten off to this hot start? The the league as a whole has never seemed more evenly you know, on on an even Yeah, exactly. Like right now, you know, just today while we're recording this, you know, the Eagles go and trade for Robert Quinn, they go get this stud edge rusher. And it's like, well, if you look at them right now, they're like, man, the NFC, not a whole lot here that we'd be too worried about. Let's load up. Let's take advantage of this year right now. We don't need to really fear the Buccaneers like we used to. We don't need to fear the Rams this year. Like we used to, obviously we're still halfway through the season. A lot of changes can be made, but some of these juggernauts, that we've gotten used to over the last two years, they're like not all that afraid of you you know, obviously in the AFC, it's a little bit different, you know, with the Jets, because you've got Buffalo in the division, who's a wagon. I would still be scared of Kansas City any day, even though they've lost a couple of games here. Um, But outside of that, it's not like the Chargers have been great. The Broncos have been meh. Uh, You know, everyone in the AFC North has been okay-ish, you know, for the most part, and not really, you know, Cincinnati's getting hot now too. So when you look across the landscape of the league, if you've gotten yourself off to this great start, at five and two with the Jets right now, and you look at the rest of the schedule, it's like, we should be trying to do anything to get into these playoffs because it's not like there's a juggernaut filled the entire conference where it's like, oh, if we get in, we're going to look like the Eagles did last year against the Buccaneers where we get blown out Wild Card weekend. It's like we can make potentially some noise just because of how flimsy the rest of the league is at the moment. So I love the move. I love the move.
1: Definitely. And, And you know, the Jets, I mean, we'll get into it obviously a little bit more, but they're far from a perfect team they got a lot of issues they've been getting lucky in a lot of ways but we have been sitting here every week kind of saying all right like I the Jets good win like good job they they did all right I could see it kind of stopping this weekend and we come down to earth a little bit and you know three weeks in a row four weeks in a row I guess depending on how confident we were going into the Steelers game like they've kind of showed us like, Hey, we can, we can fuck around and play with anyone. And, and I truly do believe that. Um, So yeah, I mean, losing breeze really fucking sucks. Like I'm super bummed, but I do just like appreciate, like, I don't think we're going to take nearly as far back of a step as we would have without making the deal. And it's Mr. Joe D striking again with just a phenomenal move, you know, of, of, listen this is not the highest valuable draft pick if you can take a six-round draft pick and make him one of your starting backs I mean you'd sign up for that any day of the week so exactly yeah and
0: that's why with the trade too you know we we hadn't thought of James Robinson you know we were texting about like what do they do but it's you know it was one of situations I didn't really know James Robinson was available I assume that when you're in a in a backfield that has two good running backs you'd like to keep both of them there but I think it just got to this point where, you know, ETN had a couple of strong weeks and I was like, OK, well, he's going to be the focal point. He's got the ties with Trevor. Not that that always matters, but, it, you know, they're first round picks together. They went to college together. He's going to be the the future at the running back position. So I was surprised, you know, with Robinson being available, it probably comes down to the fact that he's a restricted free agent after this year. And depending on how well people, you know, how high people view him, maybe he wasn't going to be someone they were going to be able to retain. So to get a late round pick, you're like, yeah, we we're going to give up, we we're going to let him walk anyways after this season. So right. now we can get a late round pick. But for the Jets, yeah, it's not you're not getting Brees Hall back here, but you're making it so you can still be a run first offense, um, which is, you know, the identity that this Jets team has taken. And it goes again to the there are so many teams in the league right now that are still looking for their identity. And that's where the jets have this, uh, this advantage on a ton of their opponents. The Broncos were still figuring out who the fuck they are on offense. The Packers had zero clue who they are on offense. They still don't know. Um, You know, Miami was a little bit different of a situation. They're on their third string quarterback for the majority of that game. But you know, when you look ahead and you're even looking to new England, now new England does have an identity and we'll talk about that game later in this episode now, but with the quarterback stuff going on and the, the Monday night game against the bears, you're like, do you really have an offensive identity? It doesn't seem to be a good one. I don't give them much credit. (laughs) So for the jets here, it's like, they recognize, we know what our team is right now. We know how we are going to win games. We've done it unexpectedly. You know, maybe they can say they expected it. They were keeping the receipts, but at the end of the day, this team has found out it's it's way to win this season specifically. Um, and, And despite losing you know, like their sixth offensive lineman and their star running back, who is the focal point of this offense, they are not, you know, resting on their laurels. They're going out, they're being aggressive. They're bringing in a running back that can now, you know, complement with Michael Carter and the other guys on that depth chart and still hopefully get 80 to 85% of the offense that they were getting out of Brees Hall.
1: Yeah. Um, Fuck. Oh yeah. The last thing I wanted to say about James Robinson was this like, and there's probably people listening who haven't you know watched a lot of jaguars games i guess or, or followed as closely as maybe we do um but I, I really do think james robinson has played very well this year you know and i think that's it's not like we're trading for someone who you know it's like oh they have a lot of potential they haven't really been doing anything we'll see how they do like i i think this is a guy who's already shown he can still produce and still has burst so so just some optimism as we kind of move off of him i i i think this is a really good deal. And I think he's going to end up being, you know, a pretty good player for us.
0: Definitely a good system fit. And I'd also say that, you know, as as shaky as the jets line is, has been, and it's been a lot better the last few weeks with all the moving pieces, it's a better line than Jacksonville has right now. Jacksonville still has one of the worst lines in football. So at least the jets have, you know, we'll see what they look like without AVT this upcoming week, but at at least they've got some pieces there where like, you feel a little bit more confident about their run game. um, And then, you know, that should make life easier for James Robinson in, in New York.
1: Yeah, and I, I don't know how much you've, like, delved into this. Do, do you think he'll play this week? Salah said he was going to take it slow. Um, I guess I would kind of lean toward not, but
0: yeah, I, I would also wouldn't be
1: shocked if he was.
0: I would say it, it's funny because they're, they're not – I'm not trying to say they're the same person, but it, I would almost kind of see it like how the 49ers tried to integrate Christian McCaffrey this past week where I think you're going to get Michael Carter leading the way other guys in the depth chart there, but maybe you got some red zone plays for yeah. him, you know, get him you, you, whatever you get him comfortable with in the offense in this short time, put him out there for a few plays to give MC and some of the other dudes some rest there. Um, yeah. I'd like to see yeah, that. Get him out there a few plays. He doesn't need to be, I I'm curious because I, we, I don't know if we finished our conversation on this before, but do you see Robinson being the, the lead guy here by at the end of the day, like come yeah. week 16, 17, do you see that? Cause I would see them giving, Michael Carter the opportunity now saying like you're our guy earn it show us that you deserve to keep it um and then if not we'll we'll let James Robinson kind of take the lead how do you think about
1: that it's an interesting question because you know I I do very much want to avoid like disrespecting Michael Carter or making it seem like I don't like him because because he really has been great like two years in a row he has been great um But what I do just think about him is it's clear that they don't want him to be like the workhorse, which I think is fair with his size. You know, he's more built for like 10 to 12 touches a game than 20 to 23, you know, or whatever. So I do still think kind of like when you think about their roles, I think that it's more likely that two, three weeks from now, once James Robinson is really established, I think it's more likely you kind of see him out there on those first and second down plays you know on the the clear running downs and things like that because i think that's how they'll use him um and i guess just kind of like going back to that kind of home run ability like that is one thing that we just blatantly have not seen from michael carter like we haven't seen the ability to just break away and like you know get there and and you know he's had big plays that's fine but he's never really had like that home run shot. Um, So I don't know. Like I wouldn't be surprised if James Robinson comes in and is just like the slightly more talented back. Um, But it's at least in the short term, I think that the nods are going to go to Michael Carter just because he's established and, and I think he's fine. I think he's good. But I just think the way this Jets offense wants to work and and kind of the roles they want them to play i think i wouldn't be surprised if um james robinson at least was getting more rushing attempts per game
0: yeah yeah just looking at it carter this past this so far this season his longest rush has been for 25 yards robinson has a 50 yard carry in there and another in the 40s so you're right he hasn't really had that huge burst there um And yeah, I agree with you. I I think that Carter's build definitely plays more toward that. Actually, I'm curious, how many attempts is he getting a game? He is getting about nine carries a game and about three receptions game. So you're right, right in that 10 to 12 range of of touches per game. So, you know, maybe we see that go up the next two weeks and then probably, you know, kind of level back, come down to earth if Robinson can take over there, because you're probably right. His build is a little bit more suited for you know, being in the high teens, early twenties, carry wise, but if they're also going to be throwing in some of these other guys in the depth chart too, maybe all three of them come down to earth just a little bit.
1: Yeah, and, and you know, I definitely think that Ty Johnson is going to continue to be involved. Um, I think it it is really going to be one of those situations, kind of like where you described, where. As opposed to just James Robinson coming in and taking over Brees' role or Michael Carter stepping up and taking over Brees' role. Like it's just going to be a shared effort, you know? And whether it's, yeah. whether it's, you know, 33 33 33 or, or 40, 30, 20 or whatever it would be, you know, like like it's just kind of got to be whoever's playing the best is going to get the most. carries. Yeah, so you the hot hand. But I, I definitely do think it's very possible that James Robinson is like the starter. Two three weeks from now
0: yeah yeah so we'll wait and see what the run game there hopefully they can still salvage some of uh some of what they were getting out of Brees. obviously just a, a just the worst timing for an injury um <sighs> the other part of the offense that we need to talk about teddy is the passing game and there's two ways that we can go this where do you want to start zach wilson or elijah moore
1: um i think we should start with elijah moore i think that's okay. the the most interesting kind of dynamic happening at the moment because I don't know where to what to think
0: yeah so when we last recorded an episode he had just put out the cryptic tweet um, and we were talking about it, and I believe it might have been the day that we put out the podcast where he
1: stayed away from
0: practice. And then by the end of that day, he was, he was with his family. It was reported he was doing with his family, but no, then
1: it, it wasn't true. Right. He, yeah. the, the, the jet, that was the jets coach's decision to not have him at practice.
0: Right. Exactly. Yeah. And then by the end of the day, he had requested a trade. Joe Douglas comes out or was it solid? It was one of the two. And they're like, we have no intentions of, of granting that trade request. Yeah. Um, he sits out the game against Denver we could talk about the passing offense and Zach as a whole shortly after this, but now we're sitting in a situation where the second year wide receiver who had a, a strong end to his rookie season had, we we will not argue that he wasn't involved in this offense this year. That is just Playing cut and dry, he was not a, a, a focal point of this offense to start the season, especially when Zach came back. It was a lot more on the run game. You're getting a lot of the tight ends involved. And, and obviously Garrett Wilson has, you know, and core days of Corey Davis have both been involved more than Elijah, but at the same time we're winning football games. How much do we have to complain here? We're, we're finally winning. This is a franchise that has dealt with losing. And now we've got one of its brightest players that there has a ton of potential. We're not saying he's not talented. He just wasn't getting the looks that I believe he was last year. And now we're sitting at this point where it's like, well, what do we do with this young wide receiver who apparently just wants out just like that? Take me through your brain with the trade request. and And I guess maybe the team morale, because we've also seen some players, you know, on the and the rest of the team kind of put out their posts on Instagram talking about there's no I in team. Quinn and Williams had that big post. Some other guys, not subtle shots, but just being like, we are focused on the team right now. What do you think of the whole dynamic and and what this has caused?
1: Yeah, I did a fuck ton has happened since we recorded last. Like <laughs> Jesus know. Christ, because this whole Elijah Moore like saga was basically just beginning. You know, when we oh, when yeah. we discussed it last week. Um. Yeah. I, I guess, like, just to start, you do, regardless of everything else I'm about to say, there is always some like merit to just like Elijah Moore is a human at the end of the day, you know, and he and like he's obviously wants to be more involved, whatever. Like, that's fine, and like you said, like he clearly wasn't being involved the way that we all thought. So, like, to have some resentment attitude about it, whatever it does make sense to some degree. But the I mean, the the biggest story and theme throughout this entire process is just the timing, you know, you're coming off a four game win streak where you're five and two, you know, and, and we've been in the dumpsters of the league for the past decade, you your quarterback who's in his second year had just played his third game. and. Is still clearly getting his feet under him. Like it's not like Zach Wilson has come out and blown us away with his play by any means, you know? So I think, I think I added it up. I think he's had 42 completions in his first three games. It was 18, I think, in the first one, 10 last week. And then I think it was whatever the other one was for the middle week. 18, 14, and 10. Right. Which is. 42, 42. Fuck, yeah. Good job. So like, that's not a lot of opportunities. Um, and the jets we've talked about it. We talked about it last week. Like clearly their strategy has not been throwing the ball. Like it's been running, running, running. And you, you saw that even late. I mean, I guess it makes sense because they're up, but like late in the game when they're still in positions where the game is in hand and they need to score, They were just running, running. It was like they were going out of their way not to pass. And, you know, can that be frustrating as a receiver? Sure. But that's, to me, I think think a big story of the last two weeks is the Jets went in with the game plan of we're going to run the ball a lot. We're going to hope our defense can step up and we're not going to take a lot of risk throwing the ball. And that's what they've done. Um, And then, so all that shit happens. So it's just bad timing to, like, request the trade. And then it's like fucking Corey Davis goes down and Brees Hall goes down. And now it's like, dude, we really could have used you, Elijah. Like this could have been your game, but you're not here because you had a meltdown and requested a trade. Um, So, yeah, I mean, I guess I I, want to take a second and, and let you talk again, I guess. But that was like my initial, I guess, through last week, sat out the game, which I thought was annoying um just because it's like I, I just want to get past this um and I don't really know like how to feel about it now um I guess I can just keep going if you have anything to interject at the moment I but, mean I
0: yeah go on. if you do, is is there stuff you want to keep well, so saying? we'll just go get right into ahead.
1: like next week like this week so this week he's supposedly back Or he is back, you know, today on social media because we're recording on Wednesday. So today was the first day of practice posted that Um, scripture. Oh, yeah. So that's okay. So so this is where I don't I don't know what to do. So because on one hand, you obviously have Robert Sala. He's saying all the right things. But at the end of the day, it's all the right things. Like you can't really take it as anything because he's just saying what he should be saying. And he's saying, you know, listen, Elijah's here, we're not going to trade him, we support him, we want him to get his mind right and contribute to the team. We want to get him involved. That's all great. And then today on social media, you see, you know, oh, here's a video of Mike LaFleur dapping up Elijah Moore. Here's a video of Elijah Moore and Braxton Berrios working on their handshake. Like there's all these kind of little things where you're like, all right, you know, maybe we're in the right direction. Maybe things are going well, but you know, he's still, putting out cryptic tweets you know he he tweeted the the thing from the bible about being prosecuted it's like dude in no way are you being prosecuted at this moment like you're not so a big part of me feels like this is something that's not going to go away and that it's going to just as much as we're every week we're going to say let's just get him involved let's just move past this a part of me feels like it's kind of just like, I don't know if he's going to be willing to do that, but then there's the other part of me who sees the videos and, and here's what Sal is saying and sees the need that we have on this team to, you know, throw the ball more and get more different playmakers involved. You know, obviously there's the world where it does work out, but I, I just like do not know what to feel at this moment. And I just, I'm hoping that we just get to Sunday and he has, you know, seven targets five receptions for whatever 70 yards and we just kind of move on but i'm not like sold that that's going to happen and this is all just going to go away
0: oh i'm not sold on that either there's a there's so many different ways that you can go with this the first guy that i want to blame i want to i I just aj brown man get out of elijah moore's ear man get out of his ear and We've gotten to this point now, and it, it started in the NBA. It's transi- transitioned the last few years over to the NFL, where if you if you're of a certain stature, you can go and you can request a trade. And nine times out of ten, if you are of that stature, you were granted that trade. Um, and then it got to the point where a few weeks ago, and, and it used to just be stars that were requesting trades. You know, it used to be Anthony Davis wanted out, and and there was a lot of it was just star players requesting trades. Then in the NBA to start off the season, Jay Crowder requested a trade from the Suns it's like all right dude you're the 10th man on the you're like you're a starter but you're not really a focal point here you, you want to trade because you're going to be coming off the bench this upcoming year and and that's where I'm trying to lead it with Elijah Moore and Elijah Moore and, and I agree with you what you're saying talented player we believe he's going to have a very good career there has not been that stature gained in the NFL yet you know, AJ Brown requested a trade this offseason. One, he was up for a massive contract extension, and the Titans just weren't going to pay him. That makes sense. Elijah Elijah Moore is still under contract. AJ Brown also started off his career with two 1,000 yard receiving seasons. His third season, it dipped down to 869. Uh, Elijah Moore has gotten half of that in his rookie season, and is not on pace to anywhere near that this season. So when I take a look at the player and what is, you know, what has earned the right to request a trade. To me, Elijah Moore hasn't even come close to that personally. And, you know, I, I texted in our group chat when the trade request came through, and I was like, is this the least accomplished NFL wide receiver to request a trade? And then Corey Coleman, I believe, requested a trade off the Browns after his rookie season. I think he had 400 yards that year. So he's probably the the guy over there. But
1: yeah, Elijah and and go ahead. well, there's like there's, you know, Denzel Mims has requested a trade. Like there's guys yeah, who, who can that's request a, a trade. But Dude. even Mims, through all what felt like drama, like like it's one thing to just say like, hey, I don't think this is correct, like whatever, like I want to be traded, like let's figure something out. But to like have right. this public, you know, it's the way that he did it that really like drives home what you're saying, like the to, to go the strategy, basically A.J. Brown and Tyree Kill to some, well, maybe not Tyree Kill, but and a lot Tony of these O'Brown. guys the strategy is just like, go on social media, start bitching, delete the team from all your pages. And it, you know, like Kyler Murray did that. And, and it's just kind of like a, a bargaining chip. It, a lot of times it's not like hateful from the players. It's just like, Hey, this is the strategy where if you really want out and you're one of the better players, like do this, but for Elijah Moore to do it and to just not have like, to me, it's just like a lack of a sense of reality. It's like, look at what happened last year where, You were on a up and down team who didn't have a lot of success and you actually balled out after for a while and then got injured. And then you come back this week or this year and your quarterback's down for the first four games or three games. And you go, you're not throwing the ball a lot and your running game is phenomenal and you're finally getting wins. And it's just like, it's like, if we were, you know, I guess if it was like, if it was the end of the year and things didn't go the the way you wanted, like that's one thing, but just to be like right now, like when everything does seem to be on an upward trajectory and the passing game is kind of that last part to click. It's like, come on, dude, like give us a second to like work on some things. And maybe, maybe, you know, with this running game, we do start getting those big plays and we do start hitting the play action and getting you involved. Like eventually it will come for talented players. So it's just frustrating that all this is happening,
0: yeah. And, and you're right, Denzel Mims did request a trade, so I don't want to say that they're the least accomplished because you're right, Denzel Mims. I, I don't think, but Mims also requested his trade knowing he was going into a season where he wasn't going to be on the field. You know, yeah. Elijah Moore is still on the football field, like it's not like he's and, just and sitting mind on the bench. you,
1: still the, the highest percentage receiver on the team. Like yeah. it's not sure the targets haven't always been going his way. But even when you look at the target numbers, they're not as bad as like you would think just based on the narrative of I'm not as involved as I want. You know, it's still like four yeah. or five. I think he had nine one week. Like, yeah, he uh, had
0: nine, nine against uh, Cincinnati and then four and four in the two games with Zach back there under. Right. Center. So it, it it's and then zero, down.
1: but it was actually one. It just didn't count.
0: Right. Exactly. So you go through those three games there and it, it comes down to like, you're kind of telling us who you are as a player. And I don't mean that in a bad way. Like I understand everybody in the, in the league is worried about themselves. It's, you know, you're not there for long, right? You, you want have that to, right. you want to finish your career with the stats that you want, the money that you made and, and hopefully the championships that you've earned. But this early on when the team is still figuring itself itself out and, and, That's a great point you make, Teddy, like the passing offense is the last part to click for this team. And a lot of the deep passing game now is you have to be respected in the run game. So then it opens up the play action where Elijah, who was averaging 14 point yards per route run this season, that's where those things open up. And it seemed like we were finally starting to get to the point where if you were playing against the Jets, you had to respect the run. And then all of a sudden it was going to open up those deep shots. So you're right. Would have been amazing to have him on the field against Denver this past week. Hopefully it goes in um, and, and plays to their advantage with him coming back, hopefully, as we stand right now against the New England Patriots. Um, it it sucks. I don't think at the end of the day he gets moved. I, I don't know how far no, along this could go uh, unless he goes total drama queen mode and is just and, and the tweets don't stop and it gets into the offseason and he's still throwing subtle jabs here and there like i don't know where it's i don't it could yeah go, yeah it could go by far.
1: november 1st zero percent chance yeah, like in the next five days to. it's just not gonna happen yeah
0: because because you're also gonna sell one of your top offensive because you know one of these guys that right you know
1: hasn't lived you up just to his took potential. a second round pick on
0: yeah, well, and he, yeah, you're not getting the right value right now because you're right. The numbers don't look great. And he hasn't been that involved in the offense. We know he's talented, but at the same time, you're not going to get the the right value for an Elijah Moore type talent with the, the way he's been performing this year. It's not going to happen.
1: Yeah, I just, well, the craziest part to me is just like, he's our starting receiver, you know, or one of the two, like however you want to look at it. And this week, you know, it's not like, I mean, maybe, but it's no n- most 90% chance we're going to go out and, you know, Elijah Moore is going to be out there running a bunch of routes. And, and be, like whether he's involved or not, he's a starter and is looked at as like a needed p- part of this offense. So, excuse me. It is just like, I don't, it's just so frustrating. It's like, cause it, it just doesn't seem like it's going to blow over to me. And that's where it's just like, I do not want to have to deal with all of this week after week where you know Sal said it today which i kind of like that he's not kind of completely shutting it out and he's like hey maybe we can find a few ways to get him the ball like mate like it's not like another huge like hoorah to the coaching staff i think sal has been handling all of this super well about as well as you can yeah and in no way is he placing like blame or trying to get people to pile on to elijah moore Sure. He's not always, it's not like he's completely letting Elijah more ro- ro- walk all over him, but he is very respectful of like, Hey, we want this guy. We need this guy. And he came out and said today, we hope we can get him involved and get some things going. So it, it's kind of like what I said last week, what I was hoping would happen where the squeaky wheel gets the grease, you know, and it's like, let's just get Elijah more involved. And you, you know, not only will that potentially make him happy and you know, smooth things over and get rid of the drama. But, you know, more importantly, if Elijah Moore can find a way to consistently be involved in this offense, that means that things are just going to keep getting better for this Jets offense. Like, I think that's Jets fans have like completely already turned on Elijah Moore. Like oh, they dude, just it's hate bad. him. It's bad. And, but,
0: but, and here's another thing that, that goes in well with this. You are like the Jets have been through this decade of, of just disappointment and frustration. Elijah didn't grow up a Jets fan. He's been here a year and a few weeks. He doesn't right. care about the last decade. So I understand where it's like, he doesn't have that attachment to the Jets. Obviously it's the team he started his career off with, but obviously we've seen that doesn't really matter a whole ton to him. So I get why Jets fans are pissed, but also understand it's not like Elijah Moore has been watching the NFL for the last decade being like, I'm going to fix these Jets one day, yeah. you know, like that's yeah. my mission here. So I, I understand I, it, it is tough to see how quickly they've Turned on him, but I do believe it can it can be fixed if if you know he can start to uh, to churn out some solid games here and and the offense the offensive game plan can include him more and this was the point I made last week like there are opportunities to get him
1: touches you run a
0: ton of misdirection a ton of reverses there just give him a couple of those touches Um, yeah like a lot more
1: fast right like yep. Super speedy.
0: Give him some of the Braxton looks. I don't know why.
1: Looks. Yeah, like give him some of those Braxton looks. You know, I might be starting Braxton in one of my fantasy leagues this week. Just as Interesting.
0: A, I like that. He's, he's, he's projected, projected for like game. three
1: points, but I'm like, I really think he's going to be involved and he's always has the chance for a touchdown. Yeah, the revenge game. The
0: revenge game. game. The revenge uh,
1: game I don't know if I've ever talked about this on the podcast, so I just want to bring it up quick while we're talking. But um, <laughs> when, when Braxton Barrios got cut by the Patriots and signed with the Jets, I saw an article on like Twitter and I thought it was the funniest article ever because it, it was like the the headline was like jets finally pull one over on the Patriots.
0: <laughs> yeah. And I was like, like
1: what, what are they talking about? And I clicked on it and it was like, it was like the Patriots have a long history of signing players that the Jets, you know, cut and getting a lot of production out of them. And there was oh, yeah. like a, one or two examples. The one I remember is Danny Woodhead. Um, mm-hmm. who obviously like was cut after being like the preseason just fan favorite and then balled out on the Patriots that year yeah. Um, but basically then all the article said was like Braxton Berrios the Patriots just signed him and uh, the Jets picked him up like maybe the Jets got a diamond in the rough and it was just like such a dumb article but looking back they on it, it it did kind of seem that way we did kind of get a diamond in the rough so yeah but I agree get it. Elijah more involved I'm, I'm hoping that Things work out but he's scaring me a bit
0: and the only thing that worries me is when you look for you know this upcoming schedule and it's new england buffalo new england and we're talking about this passing offense being the last thing that we're waiting to click and obviously now we have to see if the running game can click with these new guys in instead of Brees. so it's going to be a, a big adjustment heading into this week Those are secondaries the next three weeks that you would say are probably one and two in the NFL right now. And so when you're thinking about the passing game and we're going to talk about Zach a little bit before we preview the Pats Jets game, um, I don't know if if the game plan is to still use Elijah, you know, as the go guy as the guy that is going to open up the deep passing game. I don't know if these are the next three weeks where we're going to see it. Hopefully they find ways, like we're saying, in those end rounds and the short to intermediate routes to get him involved, because say he goes into New England and Buffalo and he's not getting the looks there. I could just see the the tweets and the the drama just continuing to pile up because it's not like they're facing, you know, shitty secondaries where the passing offense can really start to click.
1: Yeah. And, and you know, I think this will move us into Zach. Well, yeah, but to that point, I I definitely understand the viewpoint of like, Eventually I want to see it, you know, like, like, like we'll get into Zach, but eventually we need to see him and this passing game, like work. And, you know, the jets, while it's great to have a stud defense and, you know, just run the ball and hold on to the ball enough to get these wins. It's not always going to work out like that. You're not always going to be able to do that. Sometimes you're just going to get down early in games and you're going to have to be playing catch up, like whatever, whatever the situation may be. Um, And before the Broncos game, a lot of fans wanted, you know, I want to see this passing game, get it together. I want to see Zach's breakout game like and that's great. I want to see all that, too. But I'm not going to have any problem if just like last week where we had a great defense and we ran the ball well and, you know, offense like personally if we can get through the next three games with a win or two wins hopefully but you know one win would be great and it's just like all right listen this is a great these are great defense great passing defense like we're just going to try if we're like in the games and and it's just not going well passing like I'm not going to be sounding the alarm for the for the Jets you know offense like I, I'll I'll still kind of give them that benefit of the doubt of like these are great defenses we're kind of just playing the game plan. Um, But yeah, you're right. It's like for both Elijah Moore and the receivers as a whole and Zach Wilson, it's not like this. It's not like there's an easy path to just like, all right, let's have that breakout game in the next four weeks because, you know, like you said, the Patriots and bills are, are legit defenses and it's going to take, you know, more all around, the team is just playing well enough the defense is playing well enough that that we can somehow win these games like that's what it's going to take we you you can't really expect anything from this passing game in zach wilson because what have you really seen so far that was that explosive um and so i guess now zach wilson time and i'd love for you to start because i'd love to hear where you stand on zach wilson you know three games in four games in three games, four games in, right? in yeah four so it's games funny
0: in. it's funny you take a look at the numbers and it's like oh look he's off he's four and oh and oh what a great start and then you kind of look at the numbers and it's like well the completion percentage is still in the 50s you know he's sitting at 57.4 right now one touchdown which is kind of crazy um two interceptions on the. he does have the he's...
1: rushing and receiving touchdown though
0: also true yep got to give him credit for those those, those count uh <laughs> let's see um Air yards per attempt, six point two, which is up from last year. So you like to see that yards per attempt up as well. Two rating, QBR up. They're they're obviously doing a whole lot less with him. I also did you see this as well too? I've seen a lot of frustration the last few days from Jets fans on Twitter over Zach. Have you seen that? Yeah. I started yeah. to see that the last few days, and it's one of those things where it's like it's it's just like with the Elijah stuff. Should we be arguing that this team is winning games? but it's a little bit different with the quarterback because when you think about the long-term future of the jets, because I think we all can agree the jets are not winning the super bowl this year. It would be a miracle. I wouldn't season.
1: speak too soon.
0: Oh, okay. I apologize, Teddy. We, we, we will agree to disagree there.
1: They probably won't win the super bowl.
0: And so I think when you look at this season and you're talking about the development of this team and getting to, to closer to the point of winning the super bowl than not a lot of that does hinge on play from the quarterback. If you look at the super bowl champions over the last decade, Um, you can say there are three maybe that didn't have a great quarterback you know Nick Foles had a historic playoff run with the Philadelphia Eagles so even he at that time was playing fantastic out of this world football yeah Um, you could go to Peyton Manning in his last season with Denver still Still Peyton Peyton Manning Manning. but was really bad at that time and then before that I'll I'll give you Joe Flacco who also had this crazy playoff run so of the last decade those are the three quarterbacks that aren't fantastic that won you a Super Bowl other than that you know it's Matt Stafford, who had a great year last year, Tom Brady a bunch of times, uh, Patrick Mahomes, Russell Wilson a couple of times, um, or once in there as well, too. And then, of course, the GOAT Eli Manning. So I think the frustration comes from when we're watching Zach Wilson, and it's still only four games, and, and, and like we're saying, you can't argue the fact that they're finding a way to win football games by running the football. But it does make you worry about the long-term future of him as the quarterback for this franchise. And the problem with that, as we come into this year specifically, is this win streak is pulling you a little bit way further from the top 10 pick. And if you are going to be stuck in this area where I don't think Zach Wilson has done anything to say that we need to move off him after this season, but you want to see something that says, this is the quarterback we're going to keep around for the next eight to 10 years. I don't believe we've seen that. And I think you can be a good team with an average quarterback. I don't think you can be a great team with an average quarterback. So that's where I think right now the frustration is coming from with the Jets fan base because no, when I watch Zach Wilson, I haven't seen a ton of improvement. I see maybe a smarter version of Zach Wilson more consistently. He still has maybe one or two plays a game where you're just like, "What the fuck are you doing?" um where you know, you get a heart attack. I do think he is um been continue to be very elusive you know running around the back of the field you know shedding off defenders stepping out of the pocket when he needs to some of the timing stuff still isn't there too and he does once in a while just throw these really boneheaded plays so i I guess the frustration that i i understand where it's coming from in the long term but it's also at the same time it's like should we really be arguing that the jets are finding a way to win football games
1: yeah and and i mean to that point it's kind of like we have to you know like like it's funny because if you go on Jets Twitter at this moment and you look at replies to like any tweets, it really does seem like there's two types of people. And and really there's three because there are a lot of kind of just, probably most people are just level-headed, kind of like somewhere in the middle. That's but the loudest the fans, minorities. the loudest fans are either, are either this team has just been lucky, like Zach Wilson hasn't played well. We stink still. <laughs> and then it's the guys who, anything that they see that's negative about the jets they're just commenting we're five and two shut up can you just enjoy something for once (laughs) yeah which is like dude i'm fucking enjoying the hell i'm enjoying it i'm not a jets fan it's awesome and what what what's awesome about it is like it reminds you while the quarterback is the most important position and is the key to getting that super bowl that we've talked about it's not the only part of football like we can win just having a good team and not always a quarterback that's playing out of his mind. Um, And I will say this last week, I definitely think was Zach Wilson's worst game of the year. Yep. Um, And I think that came the reason I say that, and it's not even really the numbers, but it's more like you did see those two or three throws that were just like blatant misses, you know, that were just like, come on, dude. Like you had a guy right there. You saw the couple throws um, where he's still just hesitating. You know he gives that little like hitch step. He wants to, but he just. There was that one play to to Tyler Conklin where he did eventually hit him after, or it was either Conklin or Uzama, one of the tight ends, where he did eventually hit him. But it was just kind of like it was. It was like ball was snapped. He's open right in front of you. Throw it, and Zach kind of hesitated, rolled out of it, then threw it, and it's just kind of like. That was one of the things I thought in his first game two games back, I was starting to kind of see that come where it was really just like look, read, throw. I agree. Um, and this game, it really wasn't. I definitely, um, I definitely to the same like degree. Watching this game, I was like, Zach Wilson has yet to show it to us yet. Like like what we were hoping to see from Zach Wilson, we're hoping this season he shows us he's the guy. We, we're going to keep him around. That's yet to happen. But let's let's swip, switch over to, to kind of the, the opposite, the reasons why it's not panic mode. Um, I do think there is a lot to the fact to like the game planning aspect of this Jets team. Like, and and Sal has been saying it and sure, like it can sound like an excuse, but I do really think that this Jets team and this coaching staff went in to these past two games saying like the game plan is not to throw the ball deep. I mean, Sal said it. He said, the Broncos don't let you do it. They just don't. It's very, very difficult to throw the ball deep. They give you the run game. They give you short passes. But they but they don't give it to you deep um, and to steal another kind of optimistic view from Salah. He did have those two passes to Brees Hall where he gets tackled on the inch yard line. So it's like the numbers would look, yeah. you know, two touchdowns better yeah. to some extent. So there's that. That's and And I guess to me, there's also just positives of Zach Wilson this season in the fourth quarter has when been when he has shined the most and when he has minimized those mistakes that we're still talking about the most, like the indecisiveness and the um, kind of like crazy plays where he's rolling out and spinning and, and like tries to throw the ball away at the last second, which is just so annoying. Um, but the fourth quarter is really where I've been seeing him. And, and a lot of times we've been able to kind of run the ball, run the ball, run the ball. But when you do need to rely on him to make a pass in the fourth quarter it really has been um you know quick reads getting the ball out of his hand being confident in his decisions so so i think that's a positive um i don't know like like and i guess the last thing is just the lack of turnovers like he has done his job especially with these game plans of just keeping us in the game, letting our defense kind of control the game and not giving the ball back to, to um, the other team. So I do think, you know, it's kind of like, we're still just kind of in this guessing game. Has he done what he needs to, to make us feel great. And has he always looked great? No, but I do think there still is at least that improvement and those kind of little things that you see mixed in with, you know, there was a reason we were so scared of this beginning of the schedule and it was, the elite defenses that we were playing and the Packers and the Broncos, especially, especially the Broncos have shown that they are an elite defense in this league. Um, so uh, am I panicking yet? No. Do I expect it to get better right away? No. Um, I don't know. We'll just have to see. I mean, I, my, my biggest hope is this next week we go into new England and everyone's saying, Hey, this is a great defense. The jets play in new England, whatever. I mean, I hope, That's the breakout game. And it's like, hey, somehow we were able to pass and Zach Wilson threw 300 yards. But it's like, is that realistic? Probably not. You know what I mean? So I don't know. I don't feel like terrible about Zach Wilson at the moment. I feel fine. But it's just like, I don't know how to feel.
0: We're, we're the same way. I'm <laughs> glad we see this the same. I, I'll go ahead and say the next three weeks, it's going to be the same game plan we've seen the last three. Right, I, when that's... you go in and you play New England twice and you play Buffalo, you are going to try and keep the, the ball out of the offense's hands. Keep the ball away from Josh Allen. Keep the ball away from Ramondre Stevenson. It's funny that those are just the two My boy. yeah Yeah. Um, but you want to keep the ball in your possession. You want to run it out and just pray to God that you don't get behind 10 or 14. Because that's where Zach Wilson gets you know, into trouble is when he's trailing because then you have to show and throw the deep shots and and he's great. He he's got a, a fantastic deep arm, but that's where the defenses really take advantage of Zach is when he's down a little bit. And obviously there's that one game against, uh, pittsburgh where he does get the fourth quarter comeback this year so that's a little bit different but last year a lot of his troubles did come from well the team is down 21 because the defense couldn't stop anybody and now we have to just throw bombs to elijah Moore every play which is also going back to elijah Moore, another reason why he's not getting involved like it it, there's no need for a deep passing game and it's like if denver doesn't let you throw deep there's no need to really have one right now if you're not trailing by 20 points in every single game So it's like they've been in these close games. Anyways, that's just another frustration with Elijah. But talking about Zach specifically, I guess my point with all of this is is like the next three weeks, I don't expect it to be like Zach Wilson is, is officially on the scene now against New England, Buffalo, New England. I think we get through that stretch and hopefully against some of the easier opponents, you know, a Jacksonville, a Detroit later in the season, we start to see that kind of click. But up to this point, I just, I don't know if, if the jets are still focused on winning this year, which you need to be, you're focused on winning every single year. And for a team that's gotten off to this hot start, it's like, why are we going to just change to try and prove that our quarterback has it? We need to right. keep winning the way we're winning. Um, you know, if you want to just even take a look at the averages, you know, uh, against, um, New England last year, Zach Wilson averaged about sixty percent completion percentage, hundred and thirty-one yards through the air in two picks a game. So it's you're not you're you're probably gonna get a little bit of the same there. Not the, hopefully not the interceptions there. To and be fair, in the I believe he threw he did, four
1: in one game.
0: Yes, yeah. The <laughs> so
1: game, I think he had zero he, in the second in game. In the
0: second game, he threw ten passes. So he wasn't really yeah. involved in that. So I don't know if he got hurt or if that was a game he got banged up in. I it might
1: have been it, the game he got hurt. I can't remember.
0: Anyways. Um
1: fuck what was I going to say I don't know
0: yeah so I I don't know <laughs> I just I I agree with you where I'm not panicked on Zach I'm not saying that you know after this season you need to jump ship um, but it does make you worry if the goal is to be a perennial you know consistent playoff contender that is pushing toward a Super Bowl if he does have it in between the short to intermediate levels because that's a thing that man is fucking a highlight reel on some of these deep bombs. You know, when he is elusive, he had so many highlight plays last year. And obviously Mm -hmm. you're trailing in those situations, but all the bombs to Elijah Moore and he's rolling around the pocket, the arm angles on the move, like that sort of stuff is he's fantastic at, but I want to see you be a smart cerebral assassin in the short to intermediate routes. I thought we agreed, you know, I started to see some of that in his first two games back. It's kind of fallen back the last two weeks. Really interesting interested to see how the patriots and bills defend him in the passing game um because you know now that you're without Brees, there is going to be that well can we trust the run game can we hone in and really make life difficult for zach wilson um you know it's it's funny we keep talking about these new tests every week but because of all the injuries the jets keep getting thrown all these new tests so it's like it's one of those ones where it's like we're gonna learn more about this offense we're going to learn more about zach wilson we're going to learn more about the running backs up against a a well-respected franchise
1: yeah and and i think when the Brees injury happened you know kind of the big like take was was now we're going to have to lean on zach wilson you know now we're going to have to um kind of see what he's got because we're going to need it to win these games now the trade for James Robinson certainly helps in this jets team kind of trying to keep their identity. But there also is the fact of, you know, James Robinson isn't going to play this week, or if he does, maybe he won't play that many snaps just be super involved. So, you know, there's obviously a world where, Hey, Michael Carter just gets it done. But, but I do see, you know, regardless of the success of the run game, there is obviously going to be increased pressure on Zach. Um, and I guess more than just like the numbers and anything, like I want to continue to see him not turn the ball over. And I just hope he can like these mistakes that it seems like he's kind of just going back and forth. Is he improving? Is he kind of falling back into his old ways? It's like, you want to just see these things continue to go in a good direction. Um, so, yeah, I mean, the these next three weeks are going to be tough. But or three games, I should say, but it, it is going to be a great, you know, test again for this Jets team. And we're just going to continue learning about them. And, you know, we said it before the Packers game, said it before the Broncos game. Now we're saying it before the Patriots game. I personally, there's no reason to me why the Jets shouldn't beat the Patriots. You know, like there's no reason why they can't be right in this game. And, and you know, like I think they're going to win the game, but at the end of the day, they just, this is where they've had the most to prove. Um, and even just like taking the opponent out of it, it's where they've had the most kind of just like uncertainty of where the production is going to come from an offensive standpoint off of that though. I, you know, the beauty of it is losing Elijah Tucker and Brees Hall doesn't affect your defense and how well they've been playing. So hopefully we can just continue to, to, you know, if you hold a team to nine points, you're going to, hopefully have a good chance of winning yeah so hopefully we can keep exactly. doing that just got score 10. Jones.
0: well let's get into it then teddy you ready to break down this upcoming game <laughs> yeah the yeah, patriots? yeah so uh crazy crazy year for new england just to kind of preview them as a team and obviously i feel like more than some of the other opponents you know jets fans definitely keep an eye on the patriots throughout the season and obviously they're on prime time this past Monday and they're favored by eight and a half against the lowly bears. And I don't know. I don't, I don't know how invested you were in. I was very financially invested in the new England Patriots, just in about every teaser down to minus one and a half, or, you know, whether it be the money I did an advance spread at 16 and a half, just in case yeah, they won yeah. by a couple of
1: scores there. I very and- much thought they were going to dominate. I was scared. So I didn't bet on them spread, which ended up being great for me, but, But I was mentally, I was with you. I fully was bought into they're just going to dominate.
0: And they got dominated like that. It was the complete opposite. And, and, you know, they start off a few drives with Mac Jones, you know, coming back in his first action after a few weeks dealing with an ankle sprain. So he's getting in there, throws a pick on, I believe, his third drive. And next thing you know, Bailey Zappi is in there and he leads him on two great touchdown drives. They're just like, holy fuck, are we watching a whole like not bled so Brady thing? Because I wouldn't say that Mac is necessarily – led so and and zappy isn't brady but we've seen you know this kind of happen before in 2001 where you're just like man this offense really seemed to to hum with zappy under the first two drives and then it just fell completely apart after that yeah chicago was pouring it on offensively just running the ball down new england's throats which you do not see that is something you do not see out of new england is them just get run up on like that offensively zappy throws a few more turnovers there in the second half and it was a very lopsided victory for the chicago bears And now New England heads into this. They officially did confirm it today when we're recording this. Mac Jones will be the starter at quarterback. That was still up in air up to this point. Um, Teddy, I don't know if you've seen any of the line movement. It has now moved to New England minus two and a half coming in. I guess with the news of Mac Jones has changed that, or maybe some of the injury stuff. I don't know what it was, but it opened up as uh, I think Patriots minus one is now Patriots minus two and a half coming in to New York. Um, What is your... I don't even want to talk about the game specifically, but when you think of New England and, and the horrors the yeah. that they've caused you over the decades, what would it mean to be able to at least get this win at home? I'm not saying you need to get, go two and zero on it, but to just get a, a, a signature win over against New England Patriots, no matter how flimsy they might be at this point in the season, uh,
1: it would mean everything. I mean, it really would. I I think that's kind of where we are in this season. Like if if we were two and five. And we came in and beat the Patriots like that would be awesome. But you're still kind of you have all these questions about the Jets right now with the Jets where they're at. I mean, we said it the week before the Packers. We said it the week before the Broncos. It, you know, it's an opportunity to make a statement. And we've we've talked about these hurdles, you know, September win, division win. Like, yes, we knocked away. That's great. A huge hurdle is overcoming this Patriots team you know, and overcoming the big brother who has been dominating us for 20 plus years. um. So, so definitely, I mean, with the way that the Jets have kind of created this identity of, you know, we're not going to quit, we're going to come in, we're going to play with anyone, we're never going to back down, we're going to play at balls to the wall, and kind of to, to look at what we'll, what at least the Patriots presented on Monday, which was a team that looked like they just gave up. You know, that feels good. And it gives me confidence that this Jets team. I mean, like the Patriots team right now, from a personnel standpoint, you know, as a team overall, doesn't really scare me, even their defense. Like, it, it doesn't scare me to the degree where I'm like, oh, the Jets are fucked, like whatever. What scares me about the Patriots, especially coming off a loss, is obviously bill belichick and their ability to kind of just like out scheme the other team you know like week by week it could happen in this game is they come out with just like this phenomenal defensive game plan and you know we're not able to move the ball Zach throws a couple turnovers and like they're able to really get in his head and you know that's worst case scenario for sure because it kind of just leaves you in the same place where you're kind of like, all right, well, the jets are five and three now, but we weren't able to overcome the Patriots. And we kind of just looked the same old way where Belichick is just able to like beat us, you know? And I think, I think what this game means more than any, like who it means the most to is this jets coaching staff. You know, like if Robert Sala and Mike lefer can have a game plan where they're able to beat them and, and, put up some points offensively and, and shut them down defensively. Like that will be such a, that will be the signature win. I know we keep saying signature win, but this truly, I mean, we've talked about it. These Patriots games to me are the season, you know, and if we can even just go one and one, I think our our road to the playoffs is going to be looking pretty good. But if they go 0-2 to the Patriots over the next three weeks, three games, um, you know, it, it, uh, we're not going to like where the Jets stand just, mentally i guess
0: yeah no that's it and especially considering the fact that new england looks like they aren't what they have been the years before if this is one yeah. of those situations where you you go zero and two to new england this year when they're still on their technically their downturn and the jets are on the upswing it's going to be like this fuck of like well how good actually are we at the end of the day if we can't get past this team that is the worry though it, it, it comes down to a bill belichick He's one of those guys that, on a week by week basis, no matter who he is playing or how the team looked the week before, he can flip how that uh, the team's identity on a week to week basis. Um, I will say, like defensively, though, for the Jets, how could you not be excited about this matchup? I mean, they, they, you know, nothing scares you on the outside. Nothing, I would not be worried about this passing game in the absolute slightest. We've seen these DBs lock down, ton of great receivers. By the way, we didn't talk a ton about the Denver game sauce sauce you know defensive player of the week we we didn't even get the chance to shout him out for that not just rookie of the week defensive player of the week that dude is a bonafide stud great plays on Cortland sutton all day just electric they face tough wide receivers all season
1: yeah they don't have our, any good our wide receivers
0: there's no good wide receivers awesome. in new England. There's, there's just not, there's none. They've got Jacoby Myers making a couple of My boy good De- catches. De- Devonte Parker, Devonte Parker had a nice grab, <laughs> yeah. but there's just, there's nothing that worries you there where I would say up to this point, maybe not green Bay. Every opponent has had at least one receiving option, whether it be a tight end or a wide receiver that you were like, Oh, we got to watch out for this guy. New England to me, doesn't have any of that. Um, you would th- hope. You know, the 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 matchup to me of the day is in the trenches there for the Jets defensively against the Pats run game. New England is physical as fuck up front. Um, and, and, you know, Ramondre Stevenson has turned into one of these bell cow backs that just is so exciting to watch. Um, I know you've got him in a few fantasy leagues. I've got him in a few. You can't yes, be sir. excited about it. Yeah, I mean, he's looked fantastic this year. And so, you know, the hope is, is to put New England in a position where you're up a ton, And then they're having to go to the passing game. But even then when they were down two or three scores to Chicago, they're taking their time marching up the field. Like they are committed to this run game more than I think any team in the league is. So at the end of the day, I think you're going to have to get a really sound game plan up front. Going to have to be physical. Those defensive tackles have been balling out a week after week, and they're going to need to do it again um, against new England. That's to me where it's like the game could be won or lost, depending on how the jets defensive line holds up against new England's offensive line are there any is that matchup anything that I didn't dive into there any matchup that you're looking at position no
1: yeah you you that's it I mean their best players were Mondre Stevenson Damian Harris is another good back and I think the the game the Jets game plan is going to be just what you saw um defensively against the Packers you know and it's going to be a lot of of man coverage on the outside And a lot of focus on the run game, you know, and, and I think that's the correct thing to do. Um, and I, I think a huge majority of it is, is, is our run defense going to continue to be as great as we have been. And, and I don't see any reason why they shouldn't be. And from a defensive back uh, standpoint, I mean, yeah, like they don't have guys that scare you and we're at this point, you know, week eight, like I very much trust sauce Gardner and DJ Reed, like we're there, you know, so defensively, this team doesn't scare me. And I, and I think you just have to rely on the fact that our DBs have been playing so great and that our run defense has been playing so great. And, you know, we're kind of talking about how the jets offense is going to kind of have the same approach with, with trying to run the ball and not really throwing outside. Like, It's the same for this Jets defense, where we're just going to these teams all kind of I mean, maybe not the Bills, but the Patriots and the Broncos and the Packers like we all they all kind of match up the same where it's like, hey, we're going to really just try to not let you run the ball and we don't think you're good enough to throw it. Um, So yeah, that's a huge, huge um, matchup in this game and I, I truly think the Jets have the advantage on that one
0: yeah, it, it's it's one of those games where i it I don't even know where to go with this because I expect yet another ugly, ugly, ugly fucking game. i to me, it's really a coin flip. how how desperate is New England right now? I mean, after coming off that loss to um excuse me, to Chicago being last in the division, this is a point where you're getting a team when it's most desperate, kind of like when you were getting the Packers when they were most desperate. Obviously, they became a lot more after the Jets beat them. Um, But then for the Jets as well, too, there's a ton of questions heading into this week. What is the run game going to look like without Avt and without Brees Hall? How can how quickly can he get James Robinson in there? Is it going to have to be Michael Carter leading the way against a very big and physical uh, New England defense? That kind of worries me a little bit. If Zach is passing How is he looking on the short to intermediate routes? Because New England's another team that is not going to let you throw it deep. They're going to hound on you, and they're going to let you get the kind of dink and dunk stuff there. But if Zach Wilson isn't on in that way, there's a defense over there that takes advantage of all those little miscues that a quarterback can mess up on. So I am worried offensively about how they will fare against the Jets. Is there any optimism that you have on that side of the ball, or are you kind of as worried as I am with things?
1: In terms of the Jets offense,
0: the Jets offense against the Patriots defense, yeah,
1: yeah, i I mean, I guess I'm where you are. i I don't have immense confidence that, in any like specific um, facet of the game, I guess what I do have confidence in is is we to to the for the most part, we have shown like we have the ability to move the ball on almost every anyone, it seems. I mean, even those couple games that, that we really haven't put up a lot of points or weren't scoring a lot at the beginning of the year, we did at least kind of move the ball. So I, I think with Mike LaFleur, we're gonna be able to figure something out. Um, I don't have immense confidence offensively. And I do think that's kind of where the game comes and that's where the Patriots biggest advantage is and is how they're gonna be able to play us, you know, in our offense, but I am at this point where like the clear storyline going into this game to me is, you know, the jets are five and two, they've been riding hot, kind of getting lucky. The Patriots are coming off a bad loss an embarrassing loss on prime time. I think the natural narrative is, you know, the Patriots are going to bounce back. The jets are going to lose. And even if I don't think it has to be like, oh, the Jets get embarrassed, you know, like there could very well be a game where it's just a really fucking good game and the Jets don't win. And it's kind of like, hey, you know, we're five and three now. We put up a good fight. We didn't win. Let's try to get the next one, whatever. Um, But what do I think is going to happen? I fucking think that this is going to kind like next week is going to be the big like what the fuck's wrong with the Patriots week? Because I think the Jets are going to go in and I think they're going to fucking completely dominate them defensively. I think they're going to be able to do what they have to do offensively. And, you know, I can just see it now. I can see the fucking the Patriots downfall storyline, just like because because there this happens, you know, in these teams, if they it feels so desperate, it's like we have to get this win or else we're not going to be feeling good. The fans aren't going to be feeling good. And that's where the Patriots are right now. And I just think it's fucking that time where the Jets are going to step up and 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 finally get that win that we've been fucking n- not getting the past three or four years against this Patriots team. Um, yeah, I don't know. That's where I'm at. I fucking I believe in these boys.
0: Well, so you're going with a win. You got a score prediction there for us then.
1: I'm going to go 26 to 10. The Jets are going to clearly beat the Patriots oh, wow. A decisive okay. win. Decisive and win. my like point Bay about Bay this is not that the Patriots are going to be done. I think that's going to be the storyline. And I think they're going to end up being better. But I just I see this happening. This is where the Jets the are going to win starts. and the conversation is going to start. That's what Interesting. I see. 26 I mean, to 10 hey,
0: 26, to 10's, 26 to 10 is is convincing it's one yeah. of those things where I, when i look at these games i would love i i just i want to pick a split series this year with new england i think that's what i said at the beginning of the year i was like if you can just take one from the patriots take the home game that's fine i would love for the home game to be in a couple of weeks because i do believe right now this team more so than with the injuries before they do have to refig they have to figure out a lot this week yeah and not only are you trying to figure out ways to get Elijah more and more involved in the game, but you're also taking a look and you're saying, fuck, well, we just lost our best offensive player in Brees Hall. We lost our best offensive lineman in AVT. There's so many pieces that you have to work in here. It's tough because this is the week where it's like you get the, the monkey off your back. If you can just beat New England at home and you've got the black alternate helmets, like it's setting Ooh, up the stage for just like, a fucking fantastic you know we talk signature wins and how you know the green bay win was a first signature win this would be a fantastic win for the jets and yet I'm this is still the biggest just, test
1: of the season
0: and, and yet i'm still Period. here just thinking that i feel like i feel like this is a a game where the patriots come in
1: don't be scared go ahead
0: 13 10 new england
1: I was just gonna say, after my twenty six ten prediction, I was like thirteen ten might sound better. Yeah. Well, <laughs> yeah. Hey, you <laughs> There's the no Jets reason so that your better, type of though. game script shouldn't shouldn't. I mean, regardless of who wins, your game script at least makes more sense than mine.
0: What's frustrating is the Jets have found, you know, again and again, ways to win since Zach has come back and it's been in in very different ways. Obviously the comfort behind before him with the Browns, the comfort behind with him with Pittsburgh, then you go in and you barely get by, um, you know, or you convincingly get by Miami and Green Bay. Then you, you know, you're able to fight off a, a feisty Denver defense, man. I think that... I'll give I'll give the Jets their win in New England in a few weeks. I'm going to stick to it. I think New England just barely gets by this Sunday 13 to 10.
1: God, I hope you're wrong. I want the Jets I hope
0: I am too cuz that sounds so, so lame. Bad.
1: No, I, and and what's funny is like the past few weeks I've obviously predicted the Jets to win, but they were all kind of games. It's like obviously I would I love that we won and I wanted to win. But if we had lost any of the last 3 weeks, I I wouldn't have been like shocked. I wouldn't have hit the panic, but you know what I mean? Like it would have sucked. Like we would have had to talk more about the problems that we've had and dissect a little deeper onto like why things aren't working, whatever, but it it would have been, you know, all right, well, we lost to the Packers. We lost to the Broncos. And it's like, even here, you're losing to Bill Belichick. You're losing to a great team if you do lose, but it's just like, this is the one you don't want to fucking lose, especially at home. You know, you want to get this win. Um, I don't know. I just feel it. I think I think this is the week that we get it done.
0: It's it's frustrating because if you told me that I was getting the Jets that we had gotten in the first quarter of the Denver game, in the entire Broncos game, in the entire the entire Packers game, excuse me, in the entire Dolphins game where it's like I'm getting this run offense with Breeze Hall, like I would give me give me the Jets all fucking day. But that's a lot to have to figure out in a week when you're also preparing for a, a coach who has seemed to have your guys number for two decades now, uh, regardless of of how good the team is or not, you know, even these last few years when they've been on a downswing, didn't they run it up on you guys last year too? Wasn't there one really 54 to 13? Jesus, Jesus. That is disgusting.
1: And that was the four interception game. I mean, that was like, yeah, that's just like the classic, like Patriots jets game. Like once a year, they just beat us by like a thousand. But I, what's, I guess, like, what's also so annoying about the Patriots is, you know, Mac Jones obviously was drafted last year, same draft class as Zach Wilson, yeah. and he just gets, like, so much credit for what he did last year. And, like, <laughs> going, I don't think he, he was a terrible. He
0: got a Pro Bowl out of it.
1: it it's just, like, there's so much, like, I, it really does feel like Big Brother to me. You know, there, there's so much just, like, extra stuff in, in the Jets-Patriots matchup because it really is... You know, it it kind of feels like that first division game against the Dolphins this year, just like times two, you know, because, yes, we already got the win out of the division out of the way that feels great. But it's like this is the one that all the Jets fans, including myself, want, you know, we want to beat the Patriots and I think they like there's nothing about what the Patriots have done this year. That tells me that they can't, you know, and whether they do or not and whatever, obviously the Patriots can win. They're they're pretty. It's not like the Jets are a much better team, but it's just like there's no reason the Jets should be blown out. There's no reason that no people should not be giving the Jets a shot like the Jets can win this game. So let's go fucking win it. You know, like that's where I'm at.
0: They can. And 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 you watch Chicago this past week where they just fucking just ran it down your throats. like the Jets can do that. I just I. I just i, I want to believe that they can do it with Michael Carter and and half of James Robinson and Ty Johnson. I, I, I'm
1: really hoping for just the surprise out of nowhere. Zach Wilson, 300 yards, three touchdown game would be you fantastic. Know, no matter how it comes, whether it's <laughs> yeah. dink and dunks or that, that's uh, that's I'm I'm hoping to really just see like it kind of everything that you're talking about. There are so many things that this Jets coaching staff has to address this week that's just outside of normal football operations, whether that be, how are they going to get Elijah more, more involved or outside of that, just like, how are we going to replace Brees hall? How are we going to handle our new offensive line? Like whatever, whatever. If the jets are able to kind of put it all together, despite all that, I mean, another just huge sign of, of good things for this coaching staff, which we really have seen consistently over this year. Um, so, yeah, I mean, we'll see what fucking happens. Hopefully they win. Hopefully it'll, we'll have another victory pod. But I. A,
0: uh, it'll be a great, a great another notch on the belt of getting Mike LaFleur to go over coach the Indianapolis Colts next oh season. God, for, right? I
1: don't. I was I don't want that to happen. I don't want him to leave us.
0: Maybe because I, I
1: really do think. I mean, I guess if you think about it, like our offense hasn't been prolific. No no it hasn't so
0: that could be like the one thing you hang on to yeah
1: but there has there's just so many like aspects of his play calling and play design and just the way that like the offense has been where even though we haven't been scoring and looking prolific like you can tell that he's been doing the right thing and he's been executing the game plan he's been designing you know run plays that work and blocking schemes running a lot of uh you know we run a lot of misdirection we run a lot of counters Mm -hmm. a lot of trays pulling guards and stuff like that like that's all just coaching and understanding good run schemes and things like that so it it would hurt a lot I mean we don't have it's only week eight
0: Uh, yeah we don't need (laughs) to worry about that it would
1: suck dick if he left because that would be a huge loss for like what is helping to make this Jets team start to look like a good team you know
0: and what I will say, these offensive guys, when they're the young, they always yeah. go a year earlier than you expect to like, they always get nabbed because you don't want to be the guy that's late to getting the next Sean McVay. So they get, yeah. they start getting plunked. Kevin O'Connell got plunked a couple of years early, Zach Taylor over in Cincinnati a few years earlier than you would expect. So it, it hasn't been great, but sometimes you don't need to be great. If what you show in the middle of it, you know, it's not just the numbers, it's the context to it. Uh, it would be a it would be a, a huge blow, definitely, but th- it's good problems to have when you're losing coordinators. It is.
1: Yeah. No, you're right. Let's so hope these uh, boys yeah. can pull okay, it so out. So
0: Teddy's Teddy's going with a blowout victory uh this Sunday. 26 10. Was I'm, 26
1: to 10 the score of the Packers game? Is that why I said 20,
0: that? 27-10 was nah. that one?
1: Well, I'm going twenty-six to ten. Nice. Maybe How many... four field goals. four four field goals goals, two touchdowns
0: i was gonna go 12 to 10 at first and i was like yeah we'll put in a touchdown in there for new england
1: yeah fuck new england we're gonna win it's gonna be awesome i think you you guys will too i
0: don't know all right well that'll wrap it up for our very long episode of chasing 1969 lots to talk about this week very exciting one thank you all so much for listening as always make sure to follow us on twitter at nyj underscore chasing 69 teddy at teddy huncho i am at blake andrew pace i think i want to change it to spring blake by the way i think i just want to be spring blake all platforms just all,
1: all platforms. keep it keep
0: it consistent there
1: yeah i've been thinking about changing teddy huncho but i don't know going back to type
0: I'm... light sprinkle or uh class of 4 2015
1: <laughs> probably not those are
0: some good ones
1: those are some good ones awesome
0: you can you can send over your uh twitter at suggestions to teddy at teddy Huncho.
1: yeah feel free
0: thank you guys so much for listening enjoy the game this weekend hopefully a signature victory against the patriots and we'll talk to you next week peace